Hey everyone, and welcome to That's My 20 Cents, a podcast created to champion women, their achievements, and what it took to get them there. Hosted by Maggie Bale and Hannah Martin. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of That's My 20 Cents. I'm Hannah. And I'm Maggie. And it's my pleasure to introduce our next guest. Kate Spade is a recent college graduate of Newberry College, a small D2 South Atlantic Conference school in South Carolina. At Newberry, Kate spent four years playing soccer and earning her degree in sport management. While in school, she built very strong relationships with women that she would consider her mentors now. She worked with the Dean of Student Conduct, the Senior Women's Administrator, and her soccer coach. Kate currently works with a program out of Rome called Soccer Management Institute. SMI works with student-athlete graduates who are not quite ready to hang up the student-athlete lifestyle. Specifically, she works with recruiting the women's side of the program. At SMI, the graduates are given the opportunity to pursue a master's degree in sports management and coaching while training and preparing for trials with professional soccer clubs in Italy. Please be advised that during this episode, our guests will discuss an experience with sexual assault which may be triggering for some listeners. All right, guys, we're so excited for this week's guest, um, my high school friend and absolute powerhouse of a woman, Kate Spade. Kate, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. Nice to talk to you, Maggie. Nice to meet you, Hannah. I'm super excited for tonight. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. Maggie has told me so much about you. Um, So to kick things off, just tell us a little bit about you. We've already read your intro, but Just kind of introduce yourself and talk about what role you're in right now. Okay, so my name is Caitlin Spade. I go by Kate Spade, but Kate Spade, yeah. Okay, anyways, Um, and I just graduated from Newberry College with a degree in sport management. I am currently working for an amazing program called Soccer Management Institute out of Rome, Italy. And SMI basically provides uh, the the opportunity for soccer playing collegiate athletes after they have finished their undergraduate. It gives them the opportunity to continue their education, receiving a master's degree in sport management and coaching, and potentially being able to play with uh, clubs, semi-pro and pro teams in Italy. I specifically work with women and it is really just such a great opportunity and I'm so happy to be there. I think that sounds incredible and getting to be in Italy. um, Hannah and I have both been and I would love to be there right now. Um, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Can you explain to us a little bit more about how your degree in sport management led you to your position with SMI? Right. So I actually started off um, college wanting to pursue a degree in education and right now I'm actually also a substitute teacher so it kind of it's funny how life works um but I quickly realized that I love sports I love everything involved in sports and I think doing a degree in sport management was just the right move for me at that time um and I could not regret it any less I think that it really just sparked in me knowing that there is so many opportunities out there for women to pursue in sport and I wanted to be a part of that and uh, kind of start be a part of that movement to get women involved in sports in many different ways. Incredible 
So you talked about how there are a lot of opportunities for women in sports. So to kind of get into more of the questions that we like to ask on That's My 20 Cents. Uh, so in your opinion, do you think that females that work in sport are treated differently than their male counterparts? And if so, how? So for me specifically, I have been blessed with some incredible opportunities to work in sport. Um, and for me personally, I haven't received much backlash being a woman in sport. However, I do know that others are not so lucky. Um, I think there is, a, especially um, since I do work with an Italian group, I've seen it a lot in Europe that women don't get the opportunity or the recognition. And if they do, it comes with kind of a tint or like a hint of sexism along with that. Um, so I think that kind of trying to cut that out and put more women in those opportunities will start to tune that out. But I do think that there is a very long way to go, not only in the U.S., but especially in Europe and other countries. So you talked about being a student athlete at Newberry, um, being a soccer player. So have you ever experienced anything while being a female student athlete that made you think this wouldn't happen if I was a male athlete? So for me, it wasn't specifically a female student athlete. Um, I was sexually assaulted my freshman year of college at Newberry. And that doesn't come just with an athlete title that comes with all women and not only women in college, just all women in general. Um, I think that that is definitely something that needs to be talked about, something that needs to, people need to get educated about. And um, it was definitely a difficult experience. However, I do feel that it has made me stronger, not only as a person, but very much so as a woman who wants to help other women as well. Um, if you don't mind and not to get too personal, but can you share with us a little bit more about what that process was like and reporting it and what we should contribute to the conversation about that? Yes, absolutely. So I don't mind talking about it because for me, I look at it in a way that this happened not that it should have happened, that should have ever happened, but it happened for a reason. And I feel like it is important to have these conversations with people to educate them. Um, so for me, I, um, I was sexually assaulted and I sat on it for a little bit. And then I went and talked to my coach about it. And my coach, who is also a woman, a woman I look up to very much. So she said, you know, Kate, you have a choice here and it's your choice. It's completely up to you. What do you want to do? And I said, Didi, I, I can't, like, I need, I need to, I need to report this. So for me, I chose instead of going the legal route, instead of reporting to the police, I went through my school. So title nine is responsible for handling situations like this. And title nine is a program that is legally or funded by the federal government for schools who receive federal aid and title nine not only works with sexual harassment sexual um assault it also is a big part of it is also making sure that there's gender equity throughout the entire college and throughout sports so the title nine route um it was rather it was a lot it really was a lot um however i i don't regret it um and i think that 
my school did a really good job of keeping me informed and keeping me updated. And if things didn't look the, the right way, they would fix it. Um, and I, it would probably took about from start to finish six weeks to two months, um, to get it done. Um, and there's different, uh, repercussions for the accused, um, and for the ones held responsible. And, um, I think that it is very, very important. And it is a good look from our federal government <laughs> that they have programs like this in place to make sure that our women are protected. That's so brave of you. And, you know, we are so grateful that you shared your story with us and with our listeners. And I think it really does help to facilitate the conversation and really move it forward. Um, it shouldn't be something that we're scared to talk about. It should be something that we are talking about and something that's kind of brought to the forefront of everyone's conversations because this is a real problem and something that a lot of people are having to deal with. So we thank you once again for you sharing your story and kind of sharing what it's like to be a woman in this day and age. So thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for giving me a safe place. <laughs> So um, you have been a powerhouse as long as I've known you, as I've mentioned before. So some background is that Kate and I went, actually went to high school together and I met her, I think my freshman year of high school, I think. Um, yes. <laughs> so long ago. Um, and ever since then, I've always looked up to Kate and she's always been someone who has never been sorry for who she is and someone who's always been so confident in my eyes. And so I've really looked up to her for that. So in my mind, you've never been afraid to speak what's on your mind. So how has that translated into your work life? Well, first of all, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate those kind words. Um, I you know, I was raised in a way by some excellent parents, a very strong mother, an amazing grandmother. And I've had people always in my circle tell me, girl, you say that you want to say that you say that. And so I say it, you know, um, and I think I'm a new professional, um, as I just did graduate college, and I'm kind of entering the whole workforce in a very odd time to be entering the workforce. So it is a little bit iffy. Um, and I think as I grow in my confidence, specifically professionally, I, I believe that this will definitely come to my advantage. I think that, um, you know, I am very passionate about many things and that's what gives me the confidence to speak my mind about what I feel is right or what I feel should happen in certain situations. Um, and basically, I owe that definitely to the people that I surround myself with and the people that I look up to and who have taught me to, to be this way, you know, and who always said, don't apologize for who you are. Just be that, be it, and you do it. Yeah, so that's kind of the, our whole goal in this podcast is creating a community of women and, you know, some men too, but mostly women, um, <laughs> a community of strong women that um, can see each other succeed and lift up and encourage one another. So um, you've talked about your mom and your grandmother and your coach earlier. Um, so can you talk to us about why you think mentoring, especially amongst women, is so important in 
for like your personal growth and development? Yeah, of course. So yeah, my mom, she's been around me since, you know, birth. My grandmother, same. Um, My coach, I've known her since I was a very impressionable youth, probably like 12. (laughs) Um, And she turned out to be my college coach. So she got to watch me kind of grow into the woman I'm becoming. Um, Along with that, I had an awesome advocate um, during my time um, going through the sexual assault trial. And her name is Sandy Sharon. And she's so kind and compassionate. And I feel like when you find people like that, you can't help but want to be around them. And it is important to be around those people because that's who you want to be, you know? And I think it's just, I, I, I can't like say this enough. It's just so important to find women or people who you look up to and you're like, that's the kind of woman or person that I want to be. And that's who you should be surrounding yourself with. I think that having a good idea of who you want to be, what you want to be, and putting those people who have already walked that path of life in front of you, huge. Um, But not only mentorship, I also think that, as you said, having that strong community, not just above you, who you look up to, but the people who are also in your corner, the people who are to your left and to your right and behind you that have your back if you're, you know, falling and you're not feeling right. And they're like, who are you? Come on, you know who you are, get going. That is also crucial because yes, it's great to have someone to look up to and it is so important, but I feel even more important is you have that tribe of women around you who are pushing you and growing into adult life and womanhood with you. I think that's a really great point. And I think that's something that I've really kind of learned this year is the importance of surrounding yourself with women like that. Um, I was raised by a super strong mother. And so I appreciate that for sure. Um, But I also appreciate the women who have been around me and, you know, creating that atmosphere. And that's like Hannah was talking about earlier. That's kind of the premise of this podcast is creating a community where women can share their stories with one another and we can learn from one another. And so I think that there really is no way to describe the importance of that, but I'm glad that we get to facilitate it in some way. Um, So we have had on a few women that have worked in the sports industry in different capacities, um, but there's been no one who's worked quite like your, a job like yours. So can you share with us what it's like to be a woman in that industry? Yeah, for sure. Um, So as I said, my job is basically we're rooted in, um, Rome, Italy. So all of our athletes will actually be playing abroad. Um, And so, which is amazing. If you haven't traveled, well, not right now because Corona, but if you haven't traveled and you want to do it. So important. Anyways, get some different perspectives. Okay. Not the question, but um, yes. So I also, before I started with SMI, I was also given the opportunity before that, and this is kind of of how I got into SMI, to work with a company much like my position at SMI. However, it was um, based out of Portugal because my family used to live there. And um, I actually have a very near and dear close friend that got me that job. And she is a woman and her name is Maria. And she will tell you that being a woman in a sport industry in Europe 
is very, very difficult. Like I said earlier, um, I think that, you know, the, the idea that, you know, there's a lot of room for growth in the U.S. And this is the whole point of this conversation. But these conversations aren't even being touched, looked at heard in other countries like Europe. And I think that is why I'm so passionate about my job specifically is because I'm given the opportunity to one, make women's dreams come true by being able to pursue the sport that they love and continue their education, all the while growing the female presence in places like Rome, in places like Portugal, where they're not getting attention. The women are not getting attention there, especially women in sports. So I think that um, the hardship there, as I'm very passionate about it, so I find it more of a joy than a hardship to start moving that bus. Um, but there, there are comp- like 100% mountains to be moved there. And I think that if you can't find some kind of beauty in the struggle, then it gets very dark. But look at where we're starting. And then let's fast forward a couple years and look how much we've grown. And I think that's the whole purpose of, you know, progress. And that's what we're looking for. I think it's a really good point that you bring up, especially about women in sport in Europe. So um, I recently just got a role with just women's sports and their whole, um, what they're trying to do is change the fact that women only receive 4% of sports coverage. And that's globally, I believe. But um, my whole role with them is to cover the FA Women's Super League in the United Kingdom. So whenever I'm doing research for either a game preview, a game recap, or like a feature story, uh, I'll type in two team names. So I'll give an example, like Manchester City, Arsenal. I type those names in, and the first thing that comes up is the men's team roster. And the men's season, I don't even know. I think it's about to begin, um, but the women's season is kind of like they're in the heat of their season right now. And hardly anyone is talking about it. Hardly any news outlets are covering it. It's very difficult to find coverage of their sport. And it's even harder to find places to watch those games, especially in the United States. And I'm not sure how it is in Europe, but like you're saying, it's difficult to be a woman in a woman in sport, especially in Europe. So I think that's a really great point that you bring up. And I commend you for getting the ball rolling on making that change on how women are perceived in sport in Europe. Yeah, thank you so much. And you know, like you said, I think the fact that there is a lack of information tells us enough. You know, like the idea that you can literally Google anything and it'll give you so much information and you know, okay, well, obviously this is popular. Obviously this is well-researched. Obviously this is important. So the idea that you have to dig for information on women's sports shows us that as a society, maybe we don't find it as important. And that is ridiculous because these women athletes deserve if not more because of their successes than some of these male athletes and they're getting all the attention. So yeah, honestly, it is a tough spot to be in, but Hannah, like you, you do that, you know, you know what girl, you do that. You speak that truth and you get that ball rolling as well. And it's so important to be doing the work um, for women who 
are so busy training their bodies and making sure that they're able to perform. It's awesome that you're also in their corner while they're doing that. So thank you for that. Of course. Thank you so much, Kate. <laughs> wow. So much gratitude <laughs> to, both, to you both for working in the sports industry and being a woman. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Uh, what, so to you, Kate, um, what can we do to better support females working in that industry? Right. So when we think about the sport industry, obviously big things come to mind. We think of the athletes, right? And we think of managers and maybe we think of sport agents. Um, but we also sport management and the sport industry is not just those things. It's the people who are hosting the event. It's the people who are working concessions. It's the people who are behind the scenes. It's the SIDs, which is uh, sport information directors, the one who are getting you all that information. So in order for us to support all these people, I think the biggest piece of advice or I think a huge way to support these women is to just tune in, pay attention to what they're doing, shout them out on your Instagrams. You know, it's not, it's not difficult to share a post about a successful woman doing her thing, you know, do that, push that. Also on top of that, I think that the, when you're not doing anything, for instance, uh, the ACC women's soccer final was on yesterday, I believe, um, UNC versus Florida State, great game tune into those things you know we have when we think about sports we think about football and we think about baseball and we think about men's basketball and you have all this attention towards them so why not tune in to women's sports tune into women's volleyball tune into women's soccer you know tune into softball and tune into tennis you know just intentionally push your attention towards the the broadcasting when it does finally come on and make it known that yes we want to see this keep it coming yeah I think that's also a good thing that you point out uh, with college sports especially because I know at least for our school our school really pushes the I guess what I would call quote the big three so when I say that what comes to mind is football, basketball, and then in some circumstances, baseball. So um, they really push those sports and that's where they put most of their marketing efforts um, as far as they're gonna be the breadwinner for the school. And so I agree that it's typically male sports that are put at the forefront of the university setting. And then even in professional sports, I believe that the NFL, uh, the NHL, those, and the NBA, those are the leagues that are prioritized the most as far as marketing and funding and um, trying to obtain viewership. So I think that making people more aware of that is probably the first step towards really changing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when like the network see, oh, wait, we got a couple extra hundred thousand views on this women's sport then guess what they're going to do? They're going to put it on again and it's going to keep going and going until finally we have a bunch of people tuned in. For instance, the Women's World Cup, USA, right? A bunch of viewers. But that doesn't mean that other women's sports aren't successful. It's the, the reason that the Women's World Cup is viewed 
is because of all the attention. And of course, they're going to play those games because everybody watches them. And so that's what I'm saying is just tune in, like pay attention to your Instagram, post it, repost it, congratulate, support. And when you're sitting on your couch, tune into women's sports as well. Put it on the TV, make networks, make the networks know this is something that we want to watch. Give it to us. For sure. Um, I think that that's a really easy way for us to implement um, how to support women working in the industry better. And I think that's something really simple and something really attainable for everyone to do. And I know that's something that I would like to work on and something that an easy way for me to support other women. Um, But my final question and my favorite question, I don't know how I always end up asking this, but so my, but my question for you is where do you see yourself in five years? Well, um, at the moment, um, I've gone through a lot of personal changes in my life. And so I am at a spot where I don't even know where I see myself in six months. (laughs) And I am completely okay with that. I'm all about beauty and the struggle. I'm all about life is a journey. And I know I have women around me and my family around me that are going to support what I'm going to do. Um, I think that obviously in five years, I want to be happy. I want to be successful. And I want to have as many women on my back, dragging them through the mud to get them where they want to be as well. I think, um, yeah, so, but for right now, I'm just going to do the small things that I need to do to get me ideally where I think I want to go. And if that's not where I want to go, I'll change paths. Um, but a hundred percent beauty in the struggle. And I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to push and we'll see where the road takes me. I think those are great goals. A lot of our guests that come on, I immediately what comes to mind when we ask them, where do you see yourself in five years there? They want to talk about career wise, where they see themselves. And I think it's great that the first thing that comes to your mind is that you just want to be happy. So I think that's something that we can all strive for in our own careers, whether it's our work life, our educational experience, whatever is going on. So I I admire you for having that as your front and foremost goal. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. um, It's definitely... I think I will find the most happiness in getting other people where they want to go. So it's very difficult for me to decide where do I want to be in five years when I know my work is where do I, where do other people want to be in five years and how can I help these women get there? So I just want to be happy doing that and hopefully successful in doing that so I can keep doing that and pay my bills. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kate, it's been so awesome having you on tonight. So thank you so much. Um, It's been great to hear from you and hear your experiences and um, really just catch up. So thanks so much for hopping on tonight. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I had so much fun. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, so that's it for this week's episode of That's My 20 Cents. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. We are now on all major streaming platforms for podcasts, so be sure to follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye, guys.